So good, so lovely. I'm gonna pass the mic over to Penny. Um, Penny is our NMI, that's our missions coordinator for our church here, and so she's gonna share a bit of introduction for our missionaries. Good morning, and it is a great morning. Um, this morning we have Anthony and Barbara Manswell with us, and they are from uh, Trinidad, Tobago. And um, Anthony has his Bachelor of Theology, his Master of Divinity, and a Doctorate in Education. He is currently enjoying teaching at the Caribbean Nazarene College, and Anthony plays the steel pan, which he's gonna share with us today, and he also enjoys sports. Barbara has a Bachelor of Education, a Bachelor of Music, and her MA in Missionology. She currently, she is the Music Program Director, and she enjoys crafting, reading, and sharing. Together, they are passionate about developing um, healthy marriages. Yes. Um, please consider contributing to home assignments. So if you're writing a check out, make sure it's to our church and it says home assignment on it by giving to our church and we will forward those monies. If you are going online and you want to uh, put some money in online, um, then you want to do it to the Alabaster offering and our treasurer will then count those monies from the Alabaster for today as the home assignment monies. All right, come on up. Let's give them a warm welcome. Thank you so much, Penny. It's good to be home. And I say there's a handful of churches across the Canada West District that I really consider home, and this feels like home. Uh, we are delighted to be here to share with you. And as we have sought God about how we should share, he has given us a theme, and it is this. God provides. And as we share about how God has been providing for us, we will encourage you to sh consider how God has been providing for you in the past few years. Anthony and I continue to serve at your college, Caribbean Nazarene College. And I continue to call it your college because as part of the family of God, and specifically as part of the Church of the Nazarene, we all have an interest in what God is doing around the world. And so it really is our college. Caribbean Nazarene College is a university-level educational institution for the Church of the Nazarene, and we serve all of the English-speaking Caribbean, and so we have students that come from Trinidad and Tobago, but we also have students who come from places like Barbados, Grenada, St. Vincent, St. Lucia, Antigua, Dominica, Guyana, and Belize, and they come to study a variety of things. You can study bachelor's degrees in psychology and counseling, social work, music, management of human resources, early childhood education, as well as theology and Christian education. And while Anthony and I love to work with the students in the classroom, we also love to work with them outside of the classroom. Anthony's had uh, many different positions over administratively over the years that we've been there, but the past few years he's been back in the classroom teaching, and I will tell you that his students really love him as a lecturer. I continue to be the director of the music program and teach many of the core music courses as well as piano voice and brass instruments. While we love inside the classroom, we are passionate about developing young leaders outside of the classroom. And so we're very intentional about mentoring uh, as well as recognizing that people are always watching us. We don't know sometimes when we are actually mentoring somebody. We are passionate about developing healthy marriages. Yes, thank you for saying that, Penny. Um, we have, we do a lot of pre-marriage counseling, marriage counseling, and marriage enrichment. And we believe that if people are able to get tools that they can use in their marriage, as well as walking alongside them, encouraging them, holding them accountable, they can truly learn to love each other over a lifetime. I want to briefly bring you up to date on our children. In the past, we have had one or more of them with us. And I believe in the early days, several times we had all four of them, and then slowly, one, three, and then two, and then one. This is our first year traveling without children, but we are so thankful that God is continuing his faithfulness in their lives. Our eldest son, Kenrick, is in his second year at the Medical College of Wisconsin studying to be a doctor. And uh, many people say, well, what about Canada? He actually tried to apply to the University of Alberta and was told that because he hadn't lived in Alberta for the previous year, 
even though he was going to university, he wasn't eligible to apply. Um, so God had his own plan for Kenrick, and uh, he is thriving at the Medical College of Wisconsin, and we're excited about how God is going to work in continuing his plan for his life. Our youngest, Jarek, is in his second year in an engineering program at Olivet Nazarene University, just south of Chicago. Kavana, our daughter, graduated this past May from Trevecca Nazarene University with a med, um, music education degree. And she has been able to get a work permit and is staying there at least for the next year to teach violin and piano, as well as work for two different nonprofit organizations. Our middle son, Jaden, is a senior at Mid-America Nazarene University um, and is studying business administration. Before I tell you a little bit more about Jaden, I just want to mention there is a display at the back outside in the foyer. Please feel free to look at the pictures and um, ask any questions. But if you are interested in being on our e-newsletter list, we send one out about every three or four months. You can sign your name and email address to that list and we would be happy to add you to that. Uh, most importantly, please pick up one of these cards. These are our prayer cards, and I like to think Anthony and I haven't changed that much, but the kids sure have. Um, but we would encourage you to pick up one of these. God answers the prayers of his people. Oftentimes, we may pray specifically. We know a family member who needs prayer with somebody in our church, maybe a neighbor. Um, we know a specific need of a missionary, and we know that God is very faithful to respond to those prayers and is able to do so very effectively. But oftentimes, we may pray generally. We pray for the persecuted church or all the missionaries everywhere. We pray for the world leaders or even our church congregation, and we wonder, does it make a difference? I don't know the specific needs. I want to tell you that, yes, it does. God is able to take your general prayer and disseminate it in the way that's most effective, and he is already at work answering those prayers. One year ago in July, Jaden and Kenrick were involved in a vehicle accident on the highway outside of Kansas City. Kenrick got out of the accident, walked out of it, but Jaden did not. Now, what I didn't tell you was Jaden is passionate about soccer. He is actually studying at Mid-America Nazarene University on a soccer scholarship. He didn't get out of the accident. He was taken by ambulance to the hospital, and the next day he had back surgery. And the doctor told Kenrick if the damage had been any higher or lower, it's likely he would have been paralyzed. We were very thankful for video calling, but it was a difficult time, particularly the week following the accident. We were in Trinidad. It was the middle of COVID. Even if we had wanted to fly, we couldn't because planes were not flying in and out of Trinidad. There was a song that was playing called The Goodness of God. And I put it on the TV and I would put it on repeat. I'd put up the volume loud and I'd walk around my living room and my kitchen, singing it at the top of my lungs, tears streaming down my cheeks. And I would sing, all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And as I sang that song, God began to remind me of the times in the past when he had been faithful, when he'd come through for us. And that began to encourage me that he would continue to be faithful. I could trust him for whatever the future held. And as we walked at a distance with our son, Jaden, people surrounded him. We know people around the world were praying for him. Some of you were praying very specifically because you heard the news. But others of you maybe just have been praying generally. And God was very faithful. People surrounded him in the Kansas City area. They went to visit him. Somebody opened their home to him when he came out of the hospital because he needed care took care of him, and then began taking him to physical therapy when he was able to do that. This past year has been a year full of physical therapy. Healing, growth, muscle building for Jaden. But I want to testify today that our God is a faithful God. And this past July, the doctors cleared Jaden, not just to walk, not just to run, but to actually go back and play soccer. And that is a miracle that we can praise God for. Yes, hallelujah. 
So I want to encourage you, continue to pray for your missionaries. Whether you know the specific needs or not, God is able to respond in a very effective way. I want to also continue to encourage the World Evangelization Fund. That is a fund that the Church of the Nazarene supports. Every local church supports it on an international level. And that fund serves to support many, many aspects of ministry that are all very important. But one of the things that it funds is it provides for our missionary medical insurance for us and for our children. And without that insurance, Jaden never would have gotten the surgery that he needed, the treatment, the physical therapy. So I want to thank you for supporting that fund and encourage you to continue to support it. It goes a long way and is very impactful in many, many different ways. As we continue, we love to share through music, and we know that God speaks through music in a mighty way. Anthony has brought his steel pan. If you're not familiar with it, it is an instrument that was invented in the 20th century uh, and was invented on the island of Trinidad. And uh, after we finish sharing, you're more than welcome to come up and check it out. But we'd like to share three selections with you at this time, and we trust that you will consider how God has been providing as we share.
Thank you. Thank you.
I was setting him up just for that. It's so, good. it's so good to be here with you this morning in the house of the Lord, Calgary First Church. We're just about now close to the end of our time of touring. I don't know, about 60 churches all together. That's a lot of speaking, especially when on the last end of it you go every night for about 20 days. That is really something. It's always an experience, but God gives us strength. So thank you, Pastor Trent, for the invite here today to be with you and your NMI President Penny and you good people at First Church of the Nazarene. That includes you too, Blake. <laughs> Let us pray, shall we? To him who sits on the throne be praise, power, honor, glory, wisdom, might, majesty, both now and forevermore. And to the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, be the same praise, power, honor, glory, wisdom, might, majesty, both now and forevermore. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory, and to that all creatures say, Amen. But God, that is not a punctuation of prayer, praise, and worship. It's a mighty agreement of the people of God agreeing that everything that is true about our God that we say we agree to that. May the words of my mouth, God, this morning and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my strength and my redeemer. Feed us now, we pray, as the sheep of your pasture, not until we don't want more, but feed us until we desire even more. In the name of the precious Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, you can do something for me. I don't know if you remember the drill. If you didn't, I'll remind you. If I say something good, can you say amen? amen. All right, we're getting there. And if you like what I'm saying and you think it sounds really good, can you say praise the Lord? We're getting louder. That's good. A chippy bunch. I love that. And if you really like what I'm saying, can you say hallelujah? Good. You're getting louder. This is what I love to hear. Maybe you'll get the loudest for this. And if you think I'm in trouble, can you say help him, Lord? Oh, you love that one, don't you? We're going to do just fine. All right. Let's see where we're going here this morning. Hmm. Who said that? <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. Help him, Lord. Now we can continue. We're going to do just fine. Philippians 4.19 says, My God will supply all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. I have what is called a fallen condition focus as we consider God meets our needs today. It is this. We all have needs. If we live any length of time in this life, you and I know that we have needs in just about every domain of life, moral, ethical, physical, spiritual, financial, on and on, we have needs. However, I have a proposition that might help us to deal with the idea of what we share together as fallen humanity. We all have needs, but God will supply all of our needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And that's what we want to unpack today as we follow Paul. Just by way of introduction, be really careful when you read this verse of Scripture because the Apostle Paul is being very specific about, hey, look at that cute kid he just walked in with. Nice. The Apostle Paul is very specific about what he is writing when he wrote to the church at Philippi and that comes through to you and I today. Read it very carefully. I will say from the onset that God's glory is His provision, and His provision is His glory. Amen? That's good. Point number one, Paul says, my God. We're talking here about the possessive example of Paul. Now, this is no unfounded statement. Paul speaks from a place of experiences and encounters with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
And he's not talking about the God of the other disciples, even though they all serve the same God. He speaks personally. In other words, this phrase, my God, gives Paul the ability to speak with a confidence that encompasses the actualization or realization of what is to follow these two words, my God. I want to remind you of our proposition, my God will supply all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Point number two, Paul says, my God will meet. I call this the positive encounter with God. This is what follows the statement, my God. Now, Jesus didn't appear to have a whole lot when he walked the face of the earth, and yet still when he needed money, he said, for example, to his disciples, go down to the lake, throw a line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, you will find a drachma coin, take the coin, go, pay your taxes and my taxes. How could Jesus do that? Well, we're talking about God himself, the eternal Son of God, who had and still has and always will have all the things at his disposal. As a matter of fact, what we think may be impossible is what he is able to make possible. Because he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, that you and I could ever ask or think of him. Amen? So he is able to do that. Well, what is Paul speaking about and what is the experience about? This year, Darcy, this year, I decided to do some hunting in Trinidad and Tobago on your land. You're looking at me thinking, did he just say your land? Yeah, you've got land in Trinidad and Tobago. How, sir? You know those little alabaster boxes you've been filling out all these years? Guess what? Your money made it all over the world, but it made it also at Caribbean Nazarene College Years ago, you sent missionaries. They did really good. They bought 32 acres of land in the last area of Santa Cruz, a rainforest east to west. Really good land. They did good. Buildings were built, and we still use those buildings to train men and women for service and ministry and God's calling, both in sacred and secular spaces in this world. So you gave money Barb and I live in a house that was built with your alabaster funds. So if you've been wondering, why am I doing all these pennies every year? Guess what? We would be homeless if you didn't give. <laughs> Help him, Lord. That's right. <laughs> oh, by the way, now that you know you have land, why not come down to Trinidad and help clean it up? That's a plug for work and witness. We'd love to see you down there. Don't let Medicine Hat and Fort Saskatchewan and Sylvan Lake get all the glory and praise. They were down there. We'd love to see Calgary first down there. On a work and witness trip, you get to come down there. Oh, by the way, the best time to come, January and February, when it's going to be really cold and snowy here. You can come to the Caribbean, enjoy some sand and surf, warm weather, eat some good local food. And those who don't want to come, let them stay here and freeze. I am just joking. We'd love to see you down there. Well, I was doing some hunting. Are you ready for this? Guess what I was hunting? I was, you may say amen, I don't know. I was hunting iguanas. No amens, no praise the Lord's, no hallelujahs. Your pastor looks petrified down here. Lord help him is a good one to say right now, right? I knew that's what you were thinking, and many others may be thinking, boy, those missionary types, they eat anything when they go out. Well, well God is a provider, and, he, and God knows us poor missionaries need protein, so we, 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 we get meat from God, okay? Iguana. My hunter friend told me, you've got to taste iguana meat because it's good. So I set out to hunt the poor creatures. I had my traps set, two of them, one up, up the hill by your house, one on another part of the 32 acres of land, and I waited. Sure enough, I caught an iguana. I called my hunter friend. He told me what to do to get that thing cleaned up. So I got it all skinned up, cut up, seasoned up, barb curried that thing, and it tasted awesome. No amens, no praise the Lord's, no hallelujahs. <laughs> Just, uh, ooh, ah, okay, if you say so. I knew that's what you, that's all good. There it is. Don't you want to eat me up? Got that from one of our pastor friends in Oklahoma this year. 
Rick Green is his name, copyrighted by him, but he gave it to me to use freely so I can use it now. Iguana. Oh, by the way, this may help you. It tasted, if not as good as, it tasted better than chicken. You're still not convinced, are you? <laughs> I didn't think so. Well, what else was I hunting? There is a little animal called an A-G-O-U-T-I, an agouti. That's what I really wanted to catch. There is a picture of it. I was told by hunters and my good friend, if you think iguana is good, you've got to taste this. Now, I've eaten deer and moose and elk before in Alberta, all right? But they told me this is prime stuff, so I set out to catch it. They're smart, they're quick, they're agile. They don't go in traps that easily. So I was hunting them the hard way. Live traps. Set my trap and I waited. And sure enough, one morning, my trap was down outside your house. So I ran outside, and what's in my trap? A baby agouti. I knew you would say, aww. So I didn't eat it, so you can say, aww, again. <laughs> I gave it to my hunter friend, who wanted to keep it as a pet for his young son, which was all fine and good. He exchanged it with me for a large male. He told me what to do to clean it up. I figured if I'm hunting, I might as well clean up the animal myself. So I got it all cleaned up, chopped up, seasoned up. I curried half of it. Barb stewed half of it. We ate, students ate. We gave it to security guard guys. And it tasted just like they said, really good meat. God is our provider. Now, my hunter friend said to me, I don't understand it. Those things don't go in traps. Usually we shoot them or we send dogs after them. He said, how are you doing it? I said to him, oh, you're hunting with guns, but I am hunting with God. I mean, how else are they going in my trap if they don't go in traps? I assume God is provider. Ask no question. Simply eat what is provided. Praise the Lord. Well, another morning I was excited. I got out there. I ran outside quickly. And I thought, maybe it's another good game. When I got there, there's a big old rat in my trap. Brown on top, white underneath on the belly. They called it, they told me it was a bush rat. I had never seen a bush rat before. And this animal looked as clean as you would ever see a rat, ever. Well, I had to kill the poor creature because you're talking diseases and all of that, all right? Now, if you're an animal rights activist, you cannot do me anything because I kill it in Trinidad and not Canada. It's obvious. <laughs> Two days later, I run out there again. What's in my trap? Another big old rat. So I had to get rid of that one, too. Three days, I heard my trap go down when we were sitting in your living room. I ran out there, and what's there? Another big old rat. For the season, I caught two agoutis, one iguana, five opossums, and I kid you not, ten rats. My daughter, Kavana called me from Tennessee and said, Hey, Dad, do you think God is speaking to you about eating rats since you're catching that many? I said to her, unless God comes down like the Apostle Peter and tells me, call nothing unclean that I've created, I ain't touching a rat. <laughs> you see, the thing about it is, God provides, but there are limits to what Barb and I eat, and rats are not part of our diet in Trinidad and Tobago. Now you can say hallelujah. <laughs> I figured you would want to on that. Oh, Pastor, I've got a good one for you. Do you know what you could do with a rat? You don't know, do you? I'll tell you what you can do with a rat. I guarantee you, if you were to take a rat to your board meetings, you will quickly have all of your decisions ratified. <laughs> oh, he thought I was coming with something profound. Eh? Yeah. Oh, I had my notes oh, oh, yeah. I was joking there. <laughs> Paul also says, all needs supplied. He says... All your needs supplied. My God, possessive example, will supply positive encounter. All your needs. That means you and I, as the people of God, our needs are supplied by God. All the fundamentals, all the nitty-gritty, the basics, etc., are met by our God. If you're a worrying Christian, there may be a reason for that. Usually, we find ourselves, you and I, worrying when we put our hands to do it, and we directly or indirectly says to God, you step aside, I've got this. And God gladly steps aside and leaves us alone for the moment. 
And then when our back's against the wall, God comes and says, okay, are you ready for me now? And then he says, kindly step aside. And God shows us exactly who he is and what he's capable of. Every time we think we can do one, God says, I can do better. And it's not like he's boasting, but it's almost sometimes you can hear God singing, anything you can do, I can do better. God is our provider. You see, I'll never forget when Barbara's dad passed away, 93 years old. And mom, you're here this morning. I really love you and honor you as an amazing, strong woman of God. God bless you. Please allow me to give a hand to her. Thank you. We needed to get to the funeral in here in Alberta. That was held in this very church. Thank God we had a friend right here in First Church, Mr. Eric Ewing. I'm not sure if he's here this morning. But he worked for WestJet Airlines then, and he secured us five cheap tickets. But we were flying standby. On the Monday, we were assigned to go on WestJet Airlines. We got to the airport early. There were a lot of people in the airport terminal, and I had my doubts as to whether we would get on that airplane. Bob spoke to the people. It took a long while. Eventually, she came back and said, no, they said, we're not getting on the flight today because it's absolutely booked. Needless to say, we were concerned, disappointed, frustrated, worried, anxious, even though the Bible says don't be anxious for anything, but fallen human condition sometimes allow us to focus on what we shouldn't be focusing on. On the Tuesday, Barbara and I were praying and fasting. We laid it before God, gave it to him throughout the day. Wednesday, we went back to the airport early again. This time, there were a whole lot more people in the airport terminal. And I started to think, and I thought, no, you gave it to God yesterday. Leave it in his hands. Let him do what he does best. And so Barb went and spoke to the persons doing the checking in of the passengers. It took a while again, but this time she came back quite excited and said, you would not believe it, all five of us are getting to go on the flight today. And not only were we all getting to go on the flight, but all five of us were placed in first class. I don't know, yeah. I don't know how you get a family of five flying on cheap tickets, standby to end up in first class. What I do know is, our God is a first-class God, and when he meets our needs, he meets them in a first-class manner. Amen? Amen? Now, I remember Eric saying, hmm, they sent a larger plane to Trinidad for no reason. Ha, that's not no reason. God knows how to engineer the circumstances of his kingdom and our lives so that when he meets our needs, they are well met. He is able to do that. He does it every time, on time, all the time, without question, hands down, case closed. That's the end of it. God does that. You see, supply means all, and all means complete. So it's the complete God completely blessing his people so that in him we are completed. If this does not make your boat float, I don't know what else will. If this doesn't make you want to say hallelujah, I'm not sure what will. My God, possessive example, will supply positive encounter. All of your needs, the people of God, our essentials are supplied. Paul says, according to the riches of his glory. I call that the permitting effects of God's exaltation. Now, God uses ordinary people like you and I to do his bidding. But when you look at this verse again, Paul is really saying God is the sole authorizer of his properties which flow from his grandeur. Now, this is not a missionary money message at all, actually. I'm saying that we don't go after God because of what he can give to us. We go after God because we desire his glory with and in us and working through us. Why? God is the glorious God. He is the glamorous God. He is the gracious God. He is the beautiful God, the bountiful God, the blessed God. He is the God who gives us access to him. He is the God who actualizes, meaning he brings things out into being that may be out of nothing. So we want the glory of God. Why? The glory of God never, ever runs out. And when we have the glory of God with us, 
we have everything. You see, Barbara and I, we've been now at Caribbean Nazarene College, your college, going on 20 years come January. We are not super saints at all. We've come to understand more than ever before that when we have needs and we're wondering, God, where are you? Did you not send us here? Ministry, service, following God is not always easy in terms like easy like Sunday morning, you know the old song. But we've come to understand that it is only because of God we are who we are, but by the grace of God. And like you and I, sometimes when we're worried and frustrated and anxious and wondering, God, are you going to let us perish like the disciples themselves cried out in the New Testament? We wonder and we begin to pull out our hair and we're frustrated and we're running around and we're raising our voices and we want to say, God, what is the matter? And then in those moments, God comes. And all he says to us is, surprise. And boy, he surprises us in a manner that we never expected. That's the God we serve, who cares about us in every way, shape, and form. Then Paul says, in Christ Jesus. That means the passage of God's blessings is Jesus. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Paul now reiterates those very same sentiments using different words when he says, in Christ Jesus. In other words, Jesus is the way, the medium, the channel, the root, any word you want to use, through whom all of God's blessings will flow to you and I. Hmm. Last year into this year, God directed me to read the New Testament all over again. And so I followed him every week, praying and fasting once a week. I would read an entire book, and boy, did my life change. It changed. The last book I read was the book of Revelation. My perspective on heaven changed. My perspective on God changed. My missionary idea changed. My prayer life changed again. I knew God was meeting me. Why? Because he meets us in every domain of our lives. John said, I saw heaven, and overarching him who sat on the throne is something that appears to be an emerald-like looking rainbow. That sounds beautiful in imagery. Said, I saw the glassy sea, and of course the elders who would take off their golden crowns and lay them down before him who sat on the throne, the Father. And what are they doing? Saying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And then there is an amen in heaven. But it is not a punctuation of prayer, praise, and worship. It is simply the mighty chorus of God's people agreeing in a unified voice that everything we say about our God is true. And then worship continues. It says, day and night, night and day, forevermore. That's what they're doing around the throne of God. Then John said, I saw the creatures with eyes everywhere. Apparently, God has the ability to see everything all the time, anytime, whenever he wants. Hmm. Then John said, I started to cry. Why? In the hand of him who sat on the throne is a scroll that no one seemed worthy to open. He said, an angel came to me and said, don't cry. Then he said, I looked in the corner and I saw a lamb, a wounded lamb, as though he had been sacrificed. He left where he was, walked over to him who sat on the throne, took the scroll from his hand, opened it, and read what was written on it. Why? He is the one who is worthy. John says he is the one who bridges then the gap between God and humankind, humankind and God. It is through him all of God's blessings flow to you and I. And John said, if you think thunder and lightning was something in heaven, it intensified as they broke out not only in praise and worship to him who sat on the throne, but to the Lamb of God, saying, praise, power, honor, glory, wisdom, might, majesty belongs not only to him who sat on the throne, but to the Lamb of God. But there is also another scene in there that helps you and I to understand how much God is really our provider and how he meets our needs. He said, I saw the 24 elders. Each of them were holding in their hand a golden bowl. What's in the golden bowl? John said, the prayers of the saints, all the prayers that have gone up to God, 
are before God day and night, night and day, and those bowls are before God, it says, forever. That means every prayer that you have ever prayed, every prayer that Barbara and I have ever prayed at Caribbean Nazarene College in these 20 years, they've gone up to God. Right now where you're sitting, as a need crosses your mind, and perhaps you're contemplating, maybe even projecting, that need, as you say in your heart, God, take that need. Guess what? It just went up to heaven, and now it's before God. God, in his economy of time, will then begin to reach down and bless as he knows we have need. That's how much God cares about us. He cares about the most minute details of our lives, and he's got our backs. Why? When we say yes to God, God says, now I will give you my glory, and my glory with you will be your sustenance throughout a lifetime on earth and whatever else is to follow after. Amen? Wow! God hears about us. I have one last point. This is Caribbean time. We're getting there. Your pastor says, okay, don't blame him, blame me. I'm working on Caribbean time here. <laughs> one last point. Let us then look at the precondition of Paul's statement. I didn't say anything that came before verse 19, but look at verse 18, for example. Paul says, I have received a full payment, and I have more than enough. He was speaking to the church at Philippi. He said, when I was in need, you sent Epaphroditus. He came with resources. You've met my need in an awesome manner. And he said, not that I'm boasting, but I want you to know that what you've done is now laid up before God as a testimony to what you have done. Admirable, special. What have we have to give as your missionaries at Caribbean Nazarene College? Endless student support. They still come to our home. We feed them on Sundays in particular. If it's an agouti, if I can catch it, they will get that. If it's an iguana, they will eat that too. It's peas, it's beans, it's pork, it's chicken, whatever we have on Sunday, that's what we feed them. They stay for a movie in the evening as part of our tradition. Sometimes it's a humorous movie. Other times it's a very serious movie where something touches a chord in the life of some student and you would see tears streaming down faces as we share and discuss. In that moment, your house, our living room, becomes a place of prayer as we pray and support them. That's outside the classroom activity that God allows us to be engaged in in a very powerful manner. We're involved in mentoring. Barb has persons she mentors. There's four of them that are mentoring. Three young men and a young woman. And I tell you, these young men and women are powerful. How did I get into that? They all said to me, will you mentor me? And I said yes to them. It's an amazing thing to hear them pray and preach and share the Word of God and their exuberance and their excitement and their passion and heart for God. It's an amazing thing. And I say, thank you, God, for allowing me to be part of their life. But there are times when I say, God, help me. Why? We're not making little manswell missionaries. We're mentoring the people of God. And if our lives are messed up, we will only mess them up because we cannot ask them to follow us as we follow Christ if our lives aren't what it's supposed to be. I meet with them once a month. We meet as individuals. And I tell you, God is amazing in what he's doing. They're all involved in some way, shape, or form. Two of them pastoring already. One will graduate this December. Already he's involved locally and regionally. Very, very powerful young man who surely knows how to minister to God's people, especially to youth. He's amazing. We're called to give to people financially. Yeah, we do. And it doesn't matter whether we think we have it or not. God meets needs of people through us like he did with Paul through the church at Philippi. Just before we came back, Barb said, I gave somebody 100 U.S., I think it was. I don't even ask her what she did with the money anymore. All she probably has to say to me if she wants is, God spoke to me. So she can do that. She said, hey, babe. Is it okay if she calls me babe? Yeah? It's okay to use the word babe in church, right? Yeah. She says, hey, babe, I gave someone 100. I said, great. 
Not long after that, her mom called and said, well, someone gave you $500 in your missionary account. I was like, that quickly, Pa, why don't you give all our money away? If that were 10,000, 10 by 5, well, no, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. We don't give to get equal, less than, or more. You and I simply are called to say, God, we are yours. And as we make ourselves available to him, he knows how to disseminate the resources of his kingdom through us as he begins to meet the needs of people everywhere throughout this world, including right here in this good city of Calgary. Many hours of marriage counseling. We've got 25 couples we're working with now. It's just exploded. They keep bringing their friends. They keep saying, wow, we really love being around you guys because we've been observing you for all these years. And we've come to understand more than ever before that it's not really about us because we've decided God be Lord over our life and marriage or else we can't tell anyone anything about their marriage our desire is to build an army of young men and women who are committed to the morals and ideals and ethics of marriage and their covenant who will be in the Caribbean area forced for God through their marriage. And God is aiding us in that endeavor. Thank you. So what have you given? I'll tell you what you've given. You've given countless hours of prayers on your knees. You prayed for missionaries and leaders everywhere throughout this world, not just Nazarene missionaries, but people of God. You prayed for your pastor and pastors in the past. You've uplifted your leaders on your knees, calling out to them. You've been praying for families and calling out to God that God would meet the needs of families. You've made hot dogs and breads and salads and you've invited children in and families in and you've fed them. You've been with families who were in need and you provided hampers and other good stuff for their sustenance right here in Calgary First Church of the Nazarene. You've stood at people at, with people at funerals as you've touched them on the shoulder and they understood that that was the touch of God in their life. They knew that you were supporting them. You've been to hospitals and stood with people whose bodies were filled with diseases that was threatening their very earthly existence, cancer and otherwise. And your presence there as you sang or prayed or simply sat there quietly in support of them. Hours and hours you've done that. You've given to people who didn't even though you were the one who gave and you've done some of these things out of your very own need and yet still you responded to God based on what you've done pastor based on what you've done good people this morning my message is very simple as to why God sent us out this year got a blessing for you and yours this is your moment based on what you've done I'm pronouncing on you by God's direction, my God will now supply all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's the message right there. Our son Kenrick, when he was applying for medical school a year ago, not being a U.S. citizen, had to show 234,000 U.S. dollars up front. And he had three months to do that after he was accepted. Now, Barbara and I, we don't have that kind of money just to give, really. Kenrick didn't either, but he obviously was accepted into medical school. I'll tell you what happened. We prayed and called out to God and talked with him, and I prayed often with him. He started doing a fundraising venture and people started giving in Canada, in the U.S., in Trinidad and Tobago, understanding that part of his calling, as he's expressed it to us, is possibly medical missions also. So we were praying and people started giving. And then he said, Dad, I did something. I said, what did you do, Kenrick? He said, Dad, as I was raising funds, God spoke to me and said, take a thousand Give it to your friend that's going into mission in Mexico. So he said, I did that. I said in my mind, praise the Lord. You know why? Our God is a crazy God. He, he does things that we just can't fathom. 
And he does it when we least expect it. Here's what happened. He said, I didn't even know that this, my friend, this young lady, and that's not his girlfriend. He said, I didn't even know that her parents had the means. They invited me to their home in Indiana. Five days, he said, and about the fourth, maybe fifth day, he said, they sat down with me. And it absolutely blew me away, he said. And God showed me why he was calling me into this thing. He said, they said, Kenrick, you're a good young man. There's something we would like to do for you. And he said, on the spot, they committed 40,000 U.S. to him. Wow. Well, as if that wasn't enough, one lady in Wisconsin where he lives now, we stayed with them on tour. What a wonderful aged lady. She's like a grandma to him. She said, when I heard about Kenrick, she said, I never met him. But God said to me, take him in. So she said, I was a little worried because I hadn't even interviewed him to find out who he was. And she jokingly said to us, I didn't even know if I was bringing the axe murderer in my house. <laughs> but she said, God said, take him. So I took him in. When Kenrick approached the school and told them that he had somewhere to live, no rent to pay, no utilities, no payment, the school immediately removed $42,000 from his bill. 1,000 turned to 82, and God started doing crazy things, and he was able to show the government and the school how he would be able to meet that need. I tell you, we cannot outdo God, outgive God. We cannot outrun God. God is simply God by himself. And if Paul says with positivity, God will, my God will meet your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. May God bless you. Before we came back to North America, I heard Anthony playing guitar, and God literally deposited the words to this song in his spirit. He wrote them down, and um, we worked on the melody and the chords, and as we share it with you, we would challenge you to anticipate how God is going to provide for each and every one of your needs going forward. God will supply. By the riches of your glory, my space you fill. I can rest in you as I remain still. When the spirit in causes me to cry, you comfort me and dry my eye. I will supply all your need. I will provide everything indeed. Give me your heart. Give me your all. I will provide everything great and small. In the midst of every storm, you always speak hope. When I
all your need. He will provide everything indeed. Give him your heart. Give him your all. He will provide everything great and small. Give him your heart. Give him your you real good. You share as a community, as, as a large church, a, a church across uh, nations. Let's pray, and would you stand to receive the benediction? May you go with that knowledge that we've heard today, that all of our needs will be supplied in Christ Jesus. Go and receive from the Lord. Amen.